Let's start it off with the most important question, which is, tell me about how you came to your faith in Christ. So I wasn't raised in the church. Um, well, I was raised Catholic. Uh, so I was an altar boy. I did CCD. Um, uh, I was, I was, you know, I loved going. I loved serving in the church. I was always spiritual. Um, and um, so I was, I was really connected there. My grandma prayed a lot you know, almost like every day, you know, so you'd go in her house, you know, my Italian grandma, you'd go in her house and she, she was the grandma that had the plastic still on the furniture <laughs> yeah, nice. grandma. and it was dark in there and she would just pray all the time. You know, it was like, she would watch EWTN, which is a Catholic channel hmm. and would just pray all day. So, um, I think I'm living in some of that blessing and she was a big giver, you know, her and my grandpa lived in a two bedroom house with six kids and, and, and one bathroom. And, um, I think out of her faith and prayer and just her, her, um, giving, um, her, her, her generosity was how I came to know the Lord. So, um, I, uh, was serving in the Catholic church. I was nine years old. Um, and I was in my room. Um, I would pray for a little thing, you know, when you're a kid, you pray, Oh, can I go to Johnny's house? You know, God, let, let his parents say yes, you know, and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> yes. And, uh, and so, but I, uh, I remember praying and, and like, uh, God would come down in my room and, uh, I would, I would just start weeping, uh, for people that I'd never met before. And, um, I didn't know it was, it was, it was what's called intercession, right? Where you're doing intercessory prayer. I didn't know it at the time, but, um, God would talk to me. I'd feel his presence and then, you know, I'd feel him go away and I'd say things that he would like. And we just had this communion thing going on. And I remember God showing me like the church and how it was set up like a business. And, and then he showed me Moses and Jethro and how like it needs to be set up like that, you know? Um, and it's not about money, but about the kingdom and, and, and kind of the structure of, of how he wants it to look. And we would drive to, you know, I'm a part of a church over in uh, Missouri now at Revive KC. And we would drive past um, Lee Summit on the way to my grandma's house in Jeff City. And God would talk to me and say, you're going to move out here someday. And so my roots are in Kansas City and on the Kansas side, my family lives in DeSoto. And, but, uh, but yeah, God, God, uh, touched, touched me when I was nine years old. So I remembered that. So there was a lot of stuff that happened to me between nine and 26, mm-hmm. um, that really, you know, Satan just tried killing me, you know, really like that, that whole killing, uh, comes to kill, steal and destroy, right. That, that, mm-hmm. that was like a slow process for me. And I'd forgotten about things that God had done. Uh, when I was just a little kid until I was 26. And uh, I um, uh, joined an Amway team. Uh, a good friend of mine run, is a diamond here in Kansas City and a big group of believers. They're all really running hard after God, on fire for God, uh, Paul and Morgan Kopecki. And uh, I went out to an Amway meeting. <clears throat> I was dating a stripper at the time. This is getting <laughs> interesting. Do you want me to talk about Keep, all this stuff? It's all up to you um, as much as you want to share. Um and, uh, well, this is how God got a hold of my life. Right? Sure. So, yep. um, and her family was Christian. It was the weirdest thing. And, uh, uh, her brother-in-law would, you know, I was drinking pretty heavy, right? Mm-hmm. I was in a, like a rock and roll, you know, group and mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff. And, um, and her brother-in-law would take me out and talk to me about God. 
And, um, you know, he'd have a beer and I'd have 30 or whatever, you know, and, and, uh, but he's just planting seeds. And I, I remember I went to an under oath concert and they were swinging from the rafters and just rocking out. And these guys were just passionate about Jesus. I was like, I was like drunk at the concert. I'm like, what is this? But I'd forgotten about everything that happened to me when I was nine years old. And, uh, I go to an Amway meeting and I go to an old Chicago restaurant. Paul's up there like drawing these circles and all this. And I'm 245 pounds of hair down to here. 245 um, pounds? Yeah, man. What are you now? 195. Goodness. Yeah. So I looked wow. like a, a, maybe like a rock and roll serial killer or something. I don't know. I just, you know, I just, <laughs> I didn't have light. I was just really um, uh, uh, skeptical of everything. Right? Yep. And just from stuff that had happened, mm-hmm. um, drugs, alcohol, all the stuff, right? You name it. And uh, so I went out to this meeting and I, I go out to this old Chicago and this kid gets up and starts talking about God in the restaurant. And I just felt something come inside of me. And I was like, well, this is kind of what I knew when I was a kid. Like, what is this? So I start building this Amway business. And I did that for two years. And I mean, I'm doing it nine nights a week. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, 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 I would lay brick all day for my dad working construction. And then I would go out and I would go to quick trips, Walmarts, uh, any, any place where there were people. And I would just shake hands, seeing if they wanted to get in the business. Cause it was, it was, it was an outlet to get them into the kingdom, right? It was a, it was a business. It was an on-ramp to get people into the kingdom. Mm. And I just had this passion uh, to help people and to get them to know God, right? And uh, so I, I, I mean, I would drive to Utah and back to show three people the plan in one night, right? And then I just would work all day and stay up all night. And I just, I did this for two years. Remind me again, what was Amway? So Amway is a, uh, it's a multi-level marketing business. It still exists. Yeah, it still exists. Wow. Huge. It's huge. And, uh, they, they go, uh, direct, that's how they distribute plant. That's how they do the distribution of the product. So it's through people, right? What are they selling? Sell everything, man. They got an energy drink called excess. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got soap and shampoo and deodorant and skincare line, and they've got several kind of everyday items that you use. Mm. And so I did that for a couple of years, but I was, I was not going to a church. And so the guy that signed me up, I would, I would go show the plan to people and make contacts all, all day, all night. And then we would stay up, Sam Smith, we'd stay up all night and he would just read the Bible. We'd talk about the Bible and I never read the Bible. And like, it was just like life to me, like these words, we'd read the book of John and it was just like, mm-hmm. it was just like, I couldn't sleep, you know, it was just giving me energy. So rewinding back to when you were in the kind of, rock stage um was there a moment that things just clicked or that um you just switched over to maybe following the christian faith a little bit deeper yeah so i think it was uh when i when i joined the amway team because they would have these um they would have these conferences and you would go and they would have altar calls and stuff like that i did not know um, that thousands about of people would come down and, wow. and, and get saved and know, and know jesus so that was a that was a um a part of my, I was a part of the, the story, um, uh, the journey that I was on, you know, it was kind of like, um, maybe Paul, right. Got, you got hit by the power of God and he yeah. was like on this road to demand, you know, he's blind. Right? Did you have a moment where you felt like you got yeah, hit? Yeah, I did. I did have a moment. So I, I, I was, um, the, the, the guy that was mentoring me, we'd read the Bible and stay up all night and everything. And he said, you know, you should probably go to church. Like, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, that sounds good. I'd never been to a Christian church. Uh, and I said, well, I don't want to be like Methodist or Baptist or, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, I don't know that I want to like sign up for some like 
religion or whatever, you know? And he was like, well, you just want to be a Christian. I said, yeah, man, I don't know what that, he said, I just want to follow Jesus. He goes, well, that's a Christian. I was like, okay. <laughs> and, uh, so he, he, so, uh, he said, well, you know, come out to my church where, uh, some, my senior pastors are on staff out there now. And it was called world revival church at the time. So world revival has a story of revival and mm. it started in Smith, the Missouri a town, of uh, 532 people and over a quarter of a million people came to that small little town from 1996 to 99 mm. and God just poured out, you know, all there. And so, um, they moved the church to Kansas city. Um, and I, God knew I was going to be there when I was nine. Mm. He knew I was going there and I, uh, well, I, I just ended up going out there the weekend after Easter in 2007 and my, I never been in a, you know, like I said, I've never been in a Christian church. I went to a cobs hungover once and went with my girlfriend's <laughs> parents, you know, like, like that. And, um, you know, but like never, so I, so I, I go there and, um, the lady had said, you know, whatever you came to get son, you're going to get. Mm. And, uh, I was like, okay. And, uh, we, so we, we go in and, you know, they're worshiping and my friend Dustin Smith, who lives out in Nashville now, he writes for integrity and, um, he, he's like, you know, lift your holy, lift holy hands of the Lord, make a joy, you know, the Bible says make a joyful noise. And, uh, you know, I, I'm just there and I'm like, what is this? Like, I don't know why, like what is going on? And, and I just start worshiping the Lord and it was like his presence, that same, that same feeling I knew when I was a little kid, mm. that his presence just came. And, 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 and I was like, God, where have you been? Where have you been? And he's like, no, 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 Luke, you got it all wrong. I've been here the whole time. Where have you been? And that started like this crushing, mm. like this, um, like a crack in, in my soul almost like uh, when Jacob wrestled with the angel and lost. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. It was like uh, through 2007 to 2008, and uh, my whole life, just that whole year was a transformation for me. Uh, revival picked up in our church. Daystar started airing our church 90 minutes live and paying for it. People started coming from around the world, and I had some massive encounters with God, just face-to-face -face on the mountaintop like Moses. I mean, I, I remember times where it just felt like a bomb went off in our church, you know, and it was just, um, just, uh, deep, deep, deep workings, um, in my life to change, to change me. And that went on, I joined the school of ministry. I quit doing Amway and I found the pearl, you know, in the field and I sold everything I had. Uh, and I, I, I want, I would just wanted the pearl. I wanted to be around the pearl mm. and, and I wanted to be around this man, Jesus, this, this new man that I'd met uh, that I, I wanted to spend time with them mm. and, um, I wanted to get to know them. I still want to today. Mm. It's been, uh, 15, 16 years and, um, I want my kids to know them. Uh, well, me and my wife have a strong relationship with them. That's why we have a great marriage. We're going on 12 years married. Good for you. And, uh, and now it's about legacy and, and, and the next generation. And so I work a lot with kids. I know you guys do here at your yep. karate studio, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, um, I think, I think for people to get changed, they have to encounter the created has to encounter the creator mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and this man, Jesus, you know, he's not a, he's a real man and he's a strong man, but he's a humble man. And he's, he's, uh, 
he's um, um, can fill you up, and he's just a, he's just an amazing, amazing person. This man Jesus, you know, he's like perfect, and he's so he's so innocent, but he's so strong and big, oh, yeah. all at the same time, right? And uh, and I needed that. I think I needed that encounter, being um, being my personality and how radical I am, and just um, you know the drugs and the alcohol and all that stuff. I needed the real thing. Like I needed something to come down. I didn't want a, a whitewashed tomb. Mm. I needed a real, I needed, I needed the real thing, you know? And I was there. I mean, when I showed up, I was, people were like, dang, this guy's intense, you know? And I was like, cause I didn't even know if I was going to get married. I was like, I was thinking, man, I'm just going to be married to Jesus and I'm going to go burn this world on fire. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I don't, I don't know that I want to, and it took a while. God had to work on my heart just for me to soften up a little bit to get a wife. Because mm. um, I just was sold out for him, man. I mean, if I could just spend all day with him, I would. So you know? did the uh, how did that affect the alcohol and drug consumption? It just was gone. You know, I didn't. Was it like an instant gone? I didn't, yeah, it was just was gone. I didn't want to. I didn't really want to have it anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, um, I was. Um, you know, I, I think I was blessed because I never got addicted. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would smoke a pack of cigarettes or, you know, and I just never, I did all the drugs. I just never got addicted. And I remember I was like, man, this is dumb. I kind of started selling drugs, you know. I was like, I'm going to make money off of this, you know. And, uh, you know, anyone that I hurt, sorry. Uh, uh, but uh, I was lost. I didn't know who I was. Um, wow. And, um but I, I just needed, you know, there's a vacuum. And I think if you don't know the Lord, like you were like me, I mean, you just were like, you could be successful, you could be not successful. And there's still like, what is this? Mm-hmm. There's a question and, and, and everybody, um, you can find that in a lot of different ways, but I think unless you find the real creator and you have an encounter with him, you're always going to come up and be like, I don't, I feel like I'm missing something. You know, I think I tried everything. Mm-hmm. I tried it all. Mm-hmm. And I never, you know, um, it's just so good when you have him because then he lines it all up for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't have the marriage I have today or the kids. or I mean, I would have been, I might have been on that show where they had the most wanted guys and the cops are chasing around, whatever that cop show <laughs> is. So, um, you know, but, it, and, and, you know, I was thankful. Um, the alcohol and stuff, it, it it never was about that. It was about filling a void that mm-hmm. that I, I was dying on the inside, and I needed I needed I needed Jesus. So then, what led you to start uh, Watchman Security Services? Just passion for God. Hmm. Really elaborate on that. Yeah. So I was. Uh, God was really blessing me. I was uh, started knocking doors for a big big company, and we were a dealer for that big company, and we would sell contracts to them so we'd write paper and sell it to them and um, I was going to school of ministry I needed something to do at night and God just you know I was I was 1099 they gave me a stack of flyers threw me in a van go out knock doors make it happen so I'm in I'm in Independence Missouri knocking doors and trying to make this set guns are pulled on me dogs are chasing me everything Mm. I'm like God you know I had some debt and uh, God just started blessing me man I was a top sales guy there uh, month in month out for a whole year and I was kind of vacillating. I was like, God, is this what you want me to do? You know, or do you, do you want me to go into ministry? Like, what do you want me to do? Um, and uh, through that process, 
he said, no, I want you to do this. So I just kept doing it. And then they made me the sales manager. I didn't know if I wanted to manage people or not. And then I was running the highest producing office for them in Kansas City at mm. the time. This was 2008 when the housing crisis was tanking. We were writing 100 deals a month and stuff like that. And um, But it was all God. And I would tell the owners of the company, like, how are you doing? What are you doing, man? I'm like, dude, this is God. I don't know what you want me to tell you. What were you selling? I was selling uh, residential alarm systems. Oh, okay. okay. Going door to door selling mm-hmm. residential mm-hmm. alarm systems. And so uh so through that I just I I was working for somebody else and I thought I could I you know, if I was successful in business, I could I could do good. You know, I could like help people, give money away, I could and I remember I was asking Pastor Dustin again, I said, you know, should I start my own business or should I, what should I do? You know, or should I do ministry? I just got a heart for God. And he's like, you know what, Luke? He's like, man, if you go into ministry, you're going to deal with people. You're going to deal with money. You're going to deal with problems. He's like, you might as well just start a business because you're in ministry anyway. And if you end up doing that, if you end up doing that later, then you're trained to do all that. <laughs> yeah, that's good You know point. what I mean? And I yeah, was like, yeah. that's pretty good advice. Mm-hmm. Uh and so I, you know, me and my wife, there's no separation. You know, Jesus, I mean, most of his ministry was in the marketplace. It wasn't in the temple. Mm-hmm. So it, it was just, I think our, us starting the business in the why is the overflow of our love for him. If we can do more to honor him, our, our family vision is to bring glory and honor to God through every generation. And how we do that is our, our mission is to... Uh, Pray every day, worship him in spirit and truth, make disciples, mm. live set apart, and be guided by the Holy Spirit. And so that's your company's. No, that's my family. Your that's family. my family's. That's Got my kid. That's my wife and my kids. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, our company is is very similar to our rise is our is our core values, attitude, mm. responsibility, integrity, and servanthood and excellence. And they're really Christian core values. Yep. So there's no separation for me and Megan. Everything we put our hand to, it's it's his, Is it, you know. And, yep. and like our business is a tree, we're not entitled to the tree. We don't own the tree. We get to partake of the fruit, and we mm-hmm. have to take care of the tree. Mm-hmm. And so, everything that we do, whether it's worship, whether it's taking care of kids at church, whether it's giving to a ministry, helping ministries, being generous, raising kids, being a husband, running a business, being an, a manager of people. All that's for God. Yep. And uh, that's the core. If you talk about Luke and Megan and God, that's the core of who we are. Mm. Either we'll die and be insanely crazy, nutty people like they were nuts, or or hopefully we'll get a well done. Well, there's crazy. nothing wrong with Ho- being. Hopefully we'll get a well done. Yeah, right. like Paul said, yeah, you can be out of your mind yeah, as long exactly. as you're out of mind for Christ. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So. so you're doing the right thing there. So then how is, uh, or first off, what is Watchman all about? What do you guys do? So we serve our community uh, and our, our nation, and, and, and the way that we do that is physical electronic security. So door access systems, mm-hmm. um, camera systems, uh, intrusion alarms, and fire alarms. And then we have a multifamily component where we'll do Wi-Fi in buildings, and we'll bring we'll re- generate revenue for the owner developers. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll make the uh, the in the unit the apartment smart. And we'll control the elevators, and, and we'll control the uh, the entryways to the to the to the place, and make uh, the amenity spaces and all that stuff all on one app, one platform. So we have a technology that we have that that integrates all that, makes it all seamless for the for the tenants. 
Mm. And then we also do it um, in the commercial space as well. So like we do some um, high rise, like 46 pin down on the plaza. We do that. And there's like two or three destination control elevators. So we know how to integrate with that and make it all work. And wow. we're a cloud, we're a cloud based physical electronic security company. That's the way we serve the market and how we, um, it's a tool that we use to get to serve the market and help people. So when did you start this business? What year? 2011. Uh, the year we got married and then we fiscally launched in, in 12. Uh, and it was me and my wife. And I think everything that first year, I think the enemy threw everything at us to try to knock us off course. Uh, the, you know, we had 1099 contractors cause that's the world I came from. And the state, you know, said we owed all this back taxes cause we, that's what we were hiring them as. We had no idea. Wow. Yep. Just completely innocent. And, uh, so we had to pay that. My old boss put a stop payment on my check that our bank didn't catch until a year later. So that got caught out. We had people, we put a door contact on wrong on a guy's house and he was going to try to sue us, you know, all this stuff. And you're just new in business. Mm -hmm. like, oh, shoot, what's going on? You know, and, and so we had to really lean on the Lord. And and uh, then we just started growing. God was blessing us. I learned how to install everything that we do by the power of the Holy Spirit. He taught me all, all of it, how to install it all. So you can do it all. Yeah. Wow. And then... uh yeah, it's been a faith journey. I mean, our vans, uh, I met a guy uh, that I went to high school with. He was down the street from her office. And then a, a lady, this building that we bought, it was a God thing. God provided our building and our vans. And all, I mean, there's just a ton of God stories uh, mm. behind behind the success of Watchmen. How many employees? We have 30. How many um, full-time? 30. 30 full-time employees. Yeah. Good for you. So what what has been the that doesn't um, include our sub we we have subcontractors and stuff that work for us too but thirty full time okay so what is the what do you think is attributed to the success in your business just God and like what exactly do you think has been going on with your guys' initiatives or uh, what I would say lead measures like what do you I think, think? Uh, so I think um, I think God has brought the right people at the right time, you know? So Mike Yoder is a good friend of mine. He, he, he's our EOS implementer, you know, and, and I met him, I met him, we were in a luncheon and there was like a light beaming down on him during this lunch, you know, cause I'm this crazy visionary guy and I need, yeah. I need this structure around me. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so like God has brought the right people in our business, employee wise, consultant wise, at the right time to help build this thing and, and bring the structure that it needs. God's also helped me. Uh, I, I have an ability to kind of see in the future, you know, um, uh, like a gifting just to kind of have a pulse on the market, where are things headed, what's mm -hmm. going on. Um, discernment, if you will. Uh, uh, so God helps me with seeing vision, um, and, and doing that. And then, uh, I'm a little overindulgent with people, so that's a weakness of mine. It's probably like kryptonite. I'll hang on to people too long. Mm -hmm. and I'll try to help them, and and I'll just get you know wrecked. Um, uh, but I'm learning, learning that piece of it. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think just the, I mean, just everything that you would think, like the right ERP, you know, the right financial accounting package. I just happened to marry a great controller. It took us ten years to figure out what her seat, her good seat would be. And she's like killing it, man. She's I mean, the controller oh, yeah, of the company. Dude, she's killing it. We she just started this year, and she is just. We've got um, a third party CFO service that helps us, and um, they're like, "Wow, Megan really knows her stuff." For not ever doing this or having a finance degree, like these guys are blown away. And you, I just attest it to just 
you know, learning in the business and putting some meat to the bone, but also God helping her through enablement of the Holy Spirit and her just learning how to do it. That's so, hard to find. Yeah, dude. And someone that's doing your books that you can trust. And uh, so God's brought the, you know, like, you know, our, our uh, all of our technology and everything just at the right time. So I, I, I know I keep saying the God card. I'm not trying to use it as a trump card, but I'm not disagreeing there, but no, just, no. you know, when I think it's, um, as believers, you have a certain, what I call the God favor, uh, that I've learned and you just have a different favor on your life. Would you say it's surrounding yourself with the right people? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think like, um, you know, uh, a good friend, um, wounds from a friend can be trusted, right? And, but an enemy multiplies kisses. So, um, and, and it's kind of like, well, do your friends ever tell you that you suck? And if they don't, maybe they're not your friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think it like in the book of Acts where they met every day and they prayed and they were devoted to the apostles teaching. Um, so yeah, I think you, you surround yourself with the power of association is really like important. Because I think you're like those that you're around. I think you share mind share being around certain individuals. And, uh, you know, you read these success books, your net worth is your network and all this stuff. And and really, they're just stealing biblical concepts. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? They're just, I mean, right. look, Solomon in today's age, okay, uh, he would be three times, three times wealthier than the richest man in America and in, in the world. Three, three times, times richer, Musk. Three times Musk. Mm-hmm. So yeah. like I'm going to read Proverbs because I want to learn from this dude. So you're using the Bible to um, help you operate your business. Yeah, man. Yes. I don't think a lot of people do that. Yeah. I think they look for other books. I mean, I have a lot of books, but I mean, the you can one learn book a in lot. the middle is the most important. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the most written. I mean, you can learn a lot from these other books and there's good, there's good stuff. I'm always trying to correlate what's in those books to what's in the Bible. Amen. Right, because I think you have to tie it all back to the word, the truth, the truth, the and, first book. Yeah, yeah, and the, well, the most written book in in the world mm-hmm. every year. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I was reading this morning on a on a, a proverb on accountability, um, and um, I can't remember what it says. Can I get my phone out? Go look? ahead. This is really good. This is really good. <laughs> and I just sent it to my team because I thought, you know, if you have trouble with um, confrontation, um, the accountability part. Um, you know, Proverbs 28, 23, whoever rebukes a person in the end will gain favor. How many people don't want to have tough conversations? Most. So whoever rebukes a person will in the end gain favor. And it's really the person receiving the rebuke or the correction, like they're going to change from that Mm -hmm. rather than one who has a flattering tongue. How many tongue? So how many times do we, how many times are we honest or we just have a flattering tongue towards our people? Not enough. And that goes back to a book called Crucial Conversations. And this is actually what we're diving into. Okay. But I mean, that's literally a book on the truth that the Bible has already listed out. Yeah. It's already talked about. Yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, it's all out there in the ether, right? Like yeah. um, in the ozone and, and and nothing's new under the sun. And so I think all wisdom is God breathed and we're gaining that. And so they're in these books. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, I've, this year it's been kind of fun because I've been just excited. Like I'm like, I'm trying to learn more about myself and I'm like, what jazzes me up? What makes me excited? What I'm passionate about, you know? And I just came to the realization like over the past couple of weeks, like if it's in the Bible, I want to do it. And if it's not, I don't like, I don't like, I think that's a pretty good, not like this Christian, like I'm better than, than people or whatever, Mm -hmm. but just for me, 
in the in my life i mean judge it by the fruit whatever you however you want to live is however you want to live look dude i came from the dark side of the you know so i was on a highway to hell so you know i'm not one to judge um but just for me like um you know i just get jazzed up about uh, that's my foundation like if it's in there i know it's right mm. you know mm-hmm. and that's that's the way i want to live my life that's why i want my kids to live their life and I, I want my, I'm raising my future grandkids, mom and dad right now. So, uh, I, it's important that I am setting up the right legacy. Bill High, I work with him in town and he's helped with family legacy and, um, and the green family and, and, uh, but Bill's really sewn a lot into Luke and, mm. um, and, and so I've, I've learned the generational impact of what, he's sewn into me and Megan's life is going to be like forever. How often do you read the Bible? Every day. Every day. Good for you. I have to. Yep. I have to. If not, man, I mean, I'm, if I'm not, you know, they talk about salvation. It's not a one-time event. It's mm. every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if I'm not saved every day, like I'm, I could be, I probably wouldn't be a good leader. I wouldn't think I, I have to be, I have to get in his presence cause I have to get, um, flushed out. If you will, I have to get my mind on, right. My heart set, right. You know, the Bible says that your, your heart, you can't trust your heart to wander. Mm-hmm. Right. The heart's deceitful above all else. So is reading the Bible, getting the heart back to where yeah, it needs to be. So, yeah. So, um, reading the word, prayer, yeah. worship, getting in his presence, all that just helps me. Mm. Uh, get right, think think right, and think straight, and and be able to see right. Anything you know, going on in your business that you would uh, like to share? That how God has been using Watchmen to further His kingdom. Yeah, man, it's been awesome, dude. When you start doing good things, God, you know the enemy just wants to throw everything at you, mm. right? Oh man, so we've got. Uh, it's funny. I, I'll give you three stories. There's more, but I'll give you three. Um, so a kid uh, came in my office. He doesn't work there anymore. I'm still connected with him, but uh, he came in and pray for me, pray for me. I got to go to court. Okay. What do you got going on, man? Uh, I got to deal with this thing. Uh, you know, it popped up, you know, I mean, I got to go and he's real nervous. All right. Let's pray. We're praying. And, uh, hey, uh, telling this kid, Hey, do you know, uh, do you know God? Like, do you know who he is? I mean, I think I do. Well, let's just pray together. You know, father, you know, we're praying, you know, I I love you. I want to serve you. I want to honor you all the days of my life. And so he's just bawling, weeping in my office. And so we pray for this court meeting, God, give him favor, show up on his behalf, help him out. Uh, and, uh, later that day he comes back. He's like, dude, you're never going to guess what happened. I'm hearing like in the office, everyone's talking. And uh, this guy gets up in the middle of the courtroom, walks up to him, doesn't know, he doesn't know who this guy is. And he says, what's your name? And the, guy, the kid says his name. And he says, well, whatever you came here today, you're, you're, you're forgiven, you're pardoned. I'm going to pay for everything you have um, and you can leave. And this like, he's like this new believer and like just blown away at what God just did, you know? And, uh, and and so he came back. So that was going on. So that's that's something cool that recently happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had another girl that uh, works for us, and um, 
me and Megan went out and had coffee with her and she's on the path and we prayed and she came to know the Lord and she's got a relationship with Jesus now and, and, and serving him and going to church and learning about God and just getting a stronger relationship with him. This is an employee. Yeah. yeah this is an employee. This just happened uh, a couple, maybe a month or two ago. And you have all the residue of that, right? You have like uh, old relationships or just stuff that you're trying to come out of, you know, I mean, it's like me when I was coming off drugs and that, you know, just all the old stuff is just coming off of you. Um, but that, that person's getting changed and, and, and really making, uh, good choices. Um, and then another, another, uh, kid in our office, um, we're, so we're doing some discipling and, and helping and other kids coming back to the faith and, but it's so funny because we're doing all this good stuff and and then like the enemy just starts stirring stuff up, right? Like people are getting sick, family members of our employees are dying, um, random stuff. And mm. if you don't think we're in a war, then you're probably like an ostrich Christian and your head's in the sand a little mm. bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, I know it's a battle. Uh, but I just stand firm and continue standing because it, it's not ours. It's not my business. If I was off being selfish, devil probably wouldn't do anything to me. Mm. He'd be like, great, go buy your Ferrari, go be rich, go be wealthy. It's all about you. Great, awesome, good job. Wouldn't do nothing to me. Mm. But if I'm ch- like changing people and trying to help and uh, I think doing what we're called to do, um, you know, he's just going to, he's going to try to come at you. You know, mm-hmm. but I like it, you know, like I know something like we're on the verge of something great, you know, so we just got to keep the faith, keep plowing. Yep. We serve a greater one and, and keep going. So that's some, I'm just letting you, that was just over the past, I don't know, probably a couple months. Mm-hmm. So if you guys want to pray for us, if you hear this and you want to pray strength in favor of our business, then, you know, pray for us. And cause we're doing some great things, I think helping people and, um, um, and trying to really impact the kingdom mm-hmm. the best we can. And so, um, you know, I know God's, God's got our back though. You know, God's got our back and that's, that's he, I'm starting to start to see him show up and help mm. and do some stuff. So that's great. So going back to when you mentioned that you're a visionary in the EOS model, which I also use Mike as a consultant. Thanks for that referral. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, are you sitting in the integrator seat as well? Yeah. So I'm sitting in two. <laughs> so how's that going for you? You know, it's going good. Um, I, um, I'm, I'm doing the best I can. I'm starting to see, I think the time will come and I'm praying for either I have a right integrator now or God's going to bring me the right integrator. Um, and I got to be who I am. Mm-hmm. Okay. The pieces have to match. The puzzle has to match. They have to line up with what we're trying to do as a company. Um, when I, I'm starting to see that maybe, like I can do it. I can do the integration piece. Uh, but I'm starting to see where maybe someone else could help the team better than I can. Because mm-hmm. I have strong leaders, mm-hmm. right? So they're going to win. Like these people are going to win. Mm-hmm. They're going to do well. They're going to do good. Um, and they're going to figure things out. But I'm wondering if I had someone that could help them win more. And I'm wondering if I'm, I'm in the way a little bit from just the people side I'm a good starter. I'm a good leader. I'm not a good manager and maintainer. Mm. Uh, and uh, I'm really good at like three things. Which know? are? So like R&D, pulse on the market, vision, where are we going? Mm. I'm good at big relationships, right? And I'm good at like um, 
I'm good at like um, maybe seeing a big problem and like getting our getting us out of the muck a little bit so we can move forward, right? Mm-hmm. So like um, uh, helping move the company forward. Outside of that, I'm not really good. Like you get me down in the organization, I'm not good. Mm. You know, um, I recently so I'm in both seats as well. Okay, and I was running our operations level tens, and recently I stepped away and had another person take over. Awesome, best thing I ever did. Good job, man. I'm the guy who growls <laughs> things, gets all you know, growls things up in the meetings, and I'm the guy who's also adding ten IDSs every week. Okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> all of a sudden, I'm I'm out of the meeting. The IDS list uh, shrinks by like 80% <laughs> and they're coming out of the meeting like ready to go. And I've, I've come to realize that I too am not a good manager. I just okay. am not the day-to-day weekly manager. That's just not my skill set. That's not how God, God created me. Big picture thinker. Yep. I get bored with things. I'm always trying to come up with the next thing we're going to do. Okay. And uh, I, you know, I, I obviously didn't have a choice earlier on. I mean, just because right. financially, sure. we couldn't afford anybody. Sure. But now we've had one of our uh, very talented ladies come up, and she stepped into that role, and she's better okay. than me. She's a lot better okay. than me. Good. It. She says things like that. I would say almost in the exact way, but whenever she says it, all of a sudden, <laughs> the team is like, "Yay, let's do yeah, it!" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or they're not so def- like defensive, but yeah. something about how I say it, they're like, they want to like you know. Rebute or like like debate right. against me right. or something. Right, right, right. right so right. Yeah. I, I've learned a huge lesson on that. Uh, a lot of times, it's best that the leader steps out of the way and just allows the team to to flourish right. and get things done. Yeah, for sure. I started doing that. I don't I don't put a lot of stuff on the issues list anymore. Mm-hmm. I just kind of let them do it, and I yeah. just kind of watch. You know, I'll help add some value there where I can, you know, mm-hmm. when we're in the, when we're in the issue solve, but, uh, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it's a beautiful feeling when, when you can see that. So um, yeah, that's, I mean, I think that's cool that you're doing that. Right. And that you had someone already there. Yeah. But the, here's um, the other thing is I'm sitting in the marketing seat. So, oh gosh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty brutal, but you know, you know, it's so important as business leaders that we get right people in right seats. You know, and you can parallel the Bible. I mean, Jesus wasn't, you know, I mean, he was, Paul says he was all things to all people so that he could win everybody. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, there was a treasurer on Jesus's crew. There was, you know, Peter, who was kind of the the rough and tough kind of passionate guy, right? You had John. So you had these different personalities. And I think when when we talk right, right people, right seats, it's really God's grace window. What is God's grace window for you on your life? Hmm. What is that grace window that you can run in all day, never run out of energy, infinite ideas, what does that window look like for you? Mm. So how would you define that grace window? I've never heard of that. Well, it is the when the the favor that you have, the unmerited favor. That's what grace is. Mm-hmm. Unmerited favor that's on your life that you have supernaturally been enabled with to give to the world, whatever mm-hmm. that is. Mm-hmm. It could be sweeping the floors. It could be janitorial. Sure. It could be whatever. Um, and when you're in that window, like you're in the zone, it's your unique gift. Mm. Would that be like that, a spiritual gift that, that you were born for? Mm. I don't even know that it's spiritual. I mean, I think it's, I think it's a lot more practical than that. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, some of these artists and comedians have great giftings 
they just were supposed to use it for the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I think people, there's great minds out there just to organize and structure and work with people and build systems and processes and management and leading and holding people accountable. I think there's people that are gifted in all those areas. And I think it's a gifting that comes from God. Mm. It's a practical gift. So when you're trying to hire for a seat, walk me through that process. For sure. We've got a pretty good, I, th- I feel like we have a pretty good process. We have, a, I mean, we have high retention. People don't really leave our company. Mm. Um, I think we've left lost one person leaving on their own accord, eh, two over the past uh, quite some time. We have 30 people. So um, we, um, so everyone goes through culture index. Mm-hmm. So that's mandatory before we'll even talk to them. Do you ever have uh, any instances where they won't take it? Because I'm guessing you maybe put a job out Some ad people, out there, and you're like, "Hey, thanks for your interest," yeah. and then you send them the link, and then they just don't ever take it. Yeah, we we really <laughs> bullet point. Do you guys ever have that? Do Sometimes you have that, you have that yeah. issue. Mm-hmm. I mean, we bullet point where they have to take it. We put the link like at the top. Must take this. Yeah, um, it's almost more important than the resume or the interview or anything else. That's right. like the first step. And the reason being is that grace window. We don't want to put wrong people in wrong seats. We don't want to have, we're trying to find your unique ability and how do you add to our company? How can we, how can we pull this out of you and use this? Um, so everybody, if they're not taking it, we just don't, we don't interview them, but mm. we, we will, we will, you know, email them, contact them, tell them, Hey, you need to click this link. You need to take this. Uh, but, when, so that's the first step. They, sure. ha, they, have, they have to do a culture index just yep. so we have data. Uh, then we put them through an interview process. Uh, we typically do, we'll do one to three interviews. Um, and uh, some good questions to ask that I've learned from books. Um, Any books that come to mind? Yeah, there's a book called uh, um, The Who. Yeah. I think I've who? read that. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that a band? Yeah. So this guy, yeah. So this guy, um, this guy is, there, there's an interesting story in there that they, they really focus on hiring top level executives. Yeah. And they're going through this interview process and they're talking to this guy, this big guy. I mean, this guy's going to come in and be like the CEO, right? Right. And this guy gets in a fight in the interview. It's crazy what comes out of this, these questions. So, so we've learned a couple of the questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so one of them is um, that I learned from another person is, you know, what was high school like for you? Yeah. And just listen, yeah. right? Were they good at sports? What'd they, you know, what, what'd they do? And then the other one that I learned from who is like, uh, write down um, who their old boss was, mm-hmm. even if their name's John Smith, sure. like write John Smith. And if I were to call John Smith, even say the name, what would John Smith say about you? Mm-hmm. Like Exactly. And yep. then, and then, and then the third thing is call the reference. Do you guys do that a lot? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Do you ever run into um, barriers with that? You know, they're not wanting to really talk to you, or, or um, it's like oh, I don't want to spend time kind of giving you the no. story on this guy. No. Um, sometimes we've ran into where it's like an HR thing, and they they go, "Well, we just you know we probably wouldn't hire them again." Mm. You know, they, they did the politically correct thing. Um, but, uh, you know, if we can't connect those three, if we can't do a culture index, if we can't do those three things and we don't, we don't, we won't, it's, it's hard for us to make a good decision doing sure. that. And then, and then we do team interviews. 
Mm-hmm. So we'll bring to your, I learned that from a marketing company here in town. They have a Christmas party every year and they have like a 90% turnaround. And most of the people are people that used to work there. Right. So it's like, and it's a marketing company and they don't have a lot of turnover, which is unheard of in that space. Mm. And they said team interviews is one of the key aspects for them successfully hiring. Then you do that just to get a, a feel or allow the other team to give you more, a different perspective on the people. Yeah. So we're, we're hiring on core values, right? So it's, it's attitude, responsibility, integrity, servanthood, and excellence mm-hmm. and, uh, and firing on those and promoting on those. And so we want to bring people that they're going to be working with on the team in that meeting so they can get a feel on, does this person match up with their core values? That's really what we're trying to figure out. And then can they get, want, and do the seat? Do they have the capacity to get it, want it, and have the capacity to do the seat? So we're trying to figure that out in an interview, which is tough, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but that's why we take these different components and put them together. DISC is also a good one that you can do. Uh, you guys use that Cross-reference, yeah. DISC is another one. How's that different um, than culture index? Uh, so I found when you do using all of them, I've used, I think everything, yeah. you know, all the different tests, but, uh, when you marry disc and you marry culture index, you have a really good picture. Of somebody I've had, I've had a disc where you have a high a, but it's a high C person, right? Mm-hmm. So like the way they communicate their style is a C Mm-hmm. They're very task oriented, detail oriented, want to know the whole plan, need a lot of information, but their culture index is kind of how they operate. So when you said C, you're talking about disc. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought you were talking about yeah, culture index. No, no disc. So what does that mean in disc? Disc, the high C is um, task oriented. Okay. It's uh, they want to know a lot of information. They so that'd want, be like a high D. Their though. big, their biggest fear. Yeah, it's kind of like a high D. In culture index. It's kind of like a high yeah. D. Uh, but I've had high A's on culture index and high C's on disc. Mm, okay. Right? So, and I found that the way they communicate is the disc style and the way they operate is the culture index style. Oh, okay. The so way you use works. a disc for their communication style. Yes. I see. And kind of how they process information a little bit. And mm. then the, the culture index really gives a kind of how they're wired. Mm. Right? How they would formulate or do something. So that's helped a lot, especially in the sales world. Yeah. Right. You definitely need a culture index. You need kind of a higher B, don't you, in the sales world? Uh, it depends on what you're selling. You know, we're a, we sell a technical product. So um, the higher B can, they can be, um, when, the, when, the, when the B is the leading trait, they can be a little sensitive. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, fear of rejection, but really quick to connect. So we're taking the disc because if they have a high D, yeah. So high D on a disc. I'm, I'm mixing this up. Wait a minute. So, so the, high, the, high D, the high D on the disc is a task scoring, wants to win, put me in the game, coach, okay. uh, leader, can be abrupt, mm-hmm. uh, biggest fears being taken advantage of. So they could have a high B where they're socially really quick to connect, but they have a high D on a disc, so they want to win. So that kind of compensates that fear of rejection or where the high B is a little bit more sensitive to mm. their feelings, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and people's persona of them. So marrying those two helps, right? Um, it gives us a better picture. Because in sales, we're really, the ideal sales profile for us is an enterpriser. So if you have a high A. But they have a low B. Yeah, but um, they understand the the... They do have a low B, but they have a 
they have that A over B, so they're deductive. Right, right. And what we do, you kind of, they're bigger projects. So you got to put all the pieces together. True. So uh, why not a trailblazer? So we have a trailblazer on the team, uh, besides myself. Yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, but, uh, and it works. Uh, you got it. They're really, I mean, this, this guy's real widespread, so and he's younger than I. You know, he's just getting in the game, so he's really wound really tight. You know, and he'll just knock the doors down, just boom, boom. You know, yep. just knock them down. So you have to work on that kind of soft skills and emotional intelligence and stuff like that mm. um, with the with the trailblazer. So I have to ask. It seems like you built your business first on just your sales. It seems like you're very much um, got the gift of sales. Mm-hmm. What would be um, one nugget you could leave everybody with, with uh, just improving their sales, really conversion rates with uh, whatever they're trying to sell, whether it be product or service. Yeah, I think um, I think get down to um, why people want to do what they want to do. Like get inside of people's business and try to solve a problem for them within their business. I think as salespeople, you do it for you. Mm-hmm. There's like this ego thing going on. And if you just really like, if I think it's been successful for me, get out of your own way, okay? Serve the client, prospect, whoever you're talking to, really serve them. I mean, this is a biblical concept. Right. Serve them and show value and earn that trust with them. Because I think people genuinely know when you're genuine about something. And can they trust you to do a good job? People can feel that. Yeah. I mean, you can, you know, you walk away and you're like, I don't know if I want that guy to do something for me or not. Right. You know, but if people are, have a good heart and good intentions mm-hmm. and they're genuine, um, I think that goes a long way because relationships are what matters. Mm. Right. So maybe it's not about getting that sale right then and there, but maybe it's building in the relationship. Down the road. I mean, even if you can help, let's say you don't get the deal. If you can help them on some way or level, you're sewing and that'll all come back. I mean, mm. Just help people. Such a simple concept, isn't it? Just put others first and be humble. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a biblical concept. But that's yeah. such a hard thing to, I mean, that's just the, the flesh side of us is that we are constantly battling that. Right. The pride and in, in getting what we feel that we deserve and all that. So, you know, when you, when you're winning, you know, it's, it's easy to forget God. Mm-hmm. Right. Amen to that. Because uh, you start, th- I mean, David did it. Yep. David David was winning and he was up I and mean, look what happened to him. I mean, he <laughs> cheated on you know. He, yeah, you know because he was he was the cat's meow right, and that's when you're vulnerable. Um, and it's it's I think we all do it. You know, um, it's better just to stay in that spot. Whether it's like a contentment, like Paul said, you know, whether I'm made money, not made oh, money. I love, that's my favorite verse. Uh, whether I've been uh, successful, not successful, yep. popular, not popular, I'm content. Yep. And just finding that. Yep. In whatever circumstances. Whatever circumstances. Yep. Yeah. So uh, other than the Bible, is there a, a book that you that just comes to you that's been very impactful impactful? I like Lencioni stuff. Okay. I like Lencioni. Uh 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 the other one is Business Secrets in the Bible by Rabbi hmm. Lapin. Is that it, a so is that a Jewish book? Yeah, dude. Wow. This thing will blow your mind. Wow. I mean, you talk about connection. You're like, whoa! It's it's almost freaky. Hmm. Uh, the the connection between business and the Bible. Um, so that's a top one. Um, 
David Green's books are top for me. Have you read the recent one? Yeah. That's Leadership Not by the Book. Yes. That's yeah. a good one. That really opened my eyes to yeah. uh, what giving really looks like. I mean, right. they give 50% of the profits away. 50%. That's that's my life goal right there. And God, me too, man. I would love me to too, do dude. that. Yeah. Um, so I'm all about productivity, and it seems like you're very driven. So is there like a routine, I call it a life hack, something you can do to kind of you know, hack into your own system? Yeah, so dude. You, so you get on yeah. um, that journey of of winning. Yeah, for sure, man. Every day, start with him. So mm. Every day, five to five to eight o'clock is God time. Every day you do that, five a.m. to to eight a.m. And what does that look like? I'm at the gym. Mm-hmm. I got worship cranking. Sometimes I got tears. I'm sitting there working out, and people are like, "What is going on with this guy?" You know, <laughs> he must be getting a good workout. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I'm in the Word. You know, I'm just getting connected. Reading the Bible. Reading the Bible. Mm-hmm. Praying. Yep. Uh, uh, sometimes it's deep. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's light, uh, journaling mm. in the morning, writing your goals down, write, write, uh, you could write like, uh, passions that you have for the Lord, uh, write, write big items that need to get done that day mm. for your team. Um, and get it, get a scripture and just kind of meditate on it. You know, like you can almost formulate a little sermon with it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I do that every day. Excellent. Kiss my kids, kiss my wife, tell her I love her. Awesome. So, um, how do you juggle the family and business? Do you um, give yourself kind of a, a limit on how many hours you work in a day? Because I know for me, I could just keep working all day long if I didn't stop myself. So, um, it's about what they're going to remember. Mm. It's about. It's about. Um, they don't know what we're doing, dude. They don't care what we're. They don't care that we're on this pod. They don't even know what a podcast is, no. right? So, like, who cares? Okay, great, Dad. But when he when they grow up, they'll know. yeah, yeah, for sure. Yep. So, um, uh, so I when I'm with my family, I'm focused. It's hard to do though, man. I mean, I, I got to be honest. When you're a business owner and you're you're running and gunning every day, right? I liken it to uh, PTSD almost. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because you're sitting, you go on vacation and you're sitting at the, at a beach and you're just sitting there and you're used to being in the war zone. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're used to getting shot at bombs blowing up. Right. And you're just like, life is really slow right now. <laughs> you know, And so um, it's kind of like that. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't, I've never had that. I've never been in a war zone, but I would, I would liken it probably to that. I've never mm-hmm. asked one of my war buddies if that's what it's like. But, um, but when, so when I'm home and with family, I'm just like, with, when I'm with my kids, typically from five to eight, they go to bed at eight, right? Or six to eight. Like I'm all in. Mm-hmm. Like I'm all face to face, knee to knee, fully present, fully present. Phone's not with me not thinking about work. Sometimes it's hard. Bad stuff happens and it's on you. I'm not thinking about work. I'm, I'm just there. I'm there with them. Uh, when my wife talks and wants to tell me about something, I shut up and I listen. I ask mm-hmm. questions. Tell me more about that. What happened with that? Oh, you saw a pink flower. Wow. What was going on with that? Right. Does that come natural for you? No. No. So, so how do you do it? Not at all. Uh, once I get the muscle moving in that direction, then it's easier. Like I, like I got to lean into it and then, and then I'm able to kind of hone in. I feel mm-hmm. like God kind of helps me. Mm-hmm. 
helps me with that. But in, in, initially, it's hard to get it. It's like the law of momentum. You got yes. you got to start it. Um, I'm in a pretty good habit of it though. Uh, but yeah, you have to just start it, mm. and then and then you'll just try it tonight, man. When you're with your kids, and this is struggle. Try it. Try it. Try I'd it. say I'm self-diagnosed ADHD. And I constantly need that mental stimulation. And sometimes, uh, you know, playing with the kids is uh, five minutes later. I'm like, all right, what's next? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll take them to the park. And that's how I kind of uh, alleviate that for myself because at least we're doing stuff. Right. But sitting and playing Barbies and uh, I'd rather go and, you know, get in the yeah. ring and fight somebody. <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the, that's your way you're wired. Yeah. Some of it's uh, remembering too. Mm-hmm. Who, who you were, and and some of it, there's not a disconnect. I mean, you're building the next generation. When you have kids, man, it's your time's over. Oh yeah, like it's no longer about mom and dad. It's not, not about at all. you. It's not. Mm. It's all about them. Mm. Parent kids don't get to pick their parents. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yes. There you go. That's <laughs> that's the quote right there. So I just want to thank you so much for doing this podcast and taking time out of your day. Uh, I really truly respect how much you are. Um, just really talking about God. And I think uh, we need more business leaders like you that do that. So yeah, thank you for coming on. Yeah, you bet, man. That's why I came on because I think I, I agree with you. I think we need to stand more together. Thanks. <laughs>